0: Welcome to the Dallas-Space Innovators Podcast. I'm Andrew Louder, founder and CEO of Dallas-based consulting firm Louder Co. There's so many great people innovating in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. This podcast aims to highlight them, the amazing things they're doing, and get behind the scenes on their approach and on them personally. At my company Louder Co., we're the innovation specialists business leaders turn to when their organization must perform better. Artificial intelligence, business transformation, and venture building projects are usually very stressful. Not with us. We believe your business will soon begin losing without an AI strategy. We create AI strategies to accelerate operations and create revolutionary new technology products. We do that because we're tired of seeing businesses that keep letting bad operations kill their growth. Through change initiatives like creating innovation hubs, improving processes, and instilling technologies, we transform companies to perform better and grow faster. Our gift to you for listening is access to our free Intro to Artificial Intelligence guide. We hit on what is AI, where is it going, and how to get it into your business. Get that free guide at louderco.com slash intro to AI. We look forward to serving you. Visit us at louderco.com for more information, insightful content, and ways to schedule our first conversation. Thank you for listening and on to our show. All right. (laughs) Welcome to our show. This is the inaugural interview, the inaugural show of the Louder Co Dallas based innovators podcast. Woohoo. And with me today is Erica Bryant. Hello, hello. Founder and CEO of Piece of Cake Marketing. That's right. Should be a fun show. She has a lot of wisdom, experiences. I think we'll have a few laughs. We may even shed some tears. We'll see. I don't know. Probably not. Never mind. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Um, We are recording in WeWork's brand new state-of-the-art podcast studio.
1: I feel like we're the first people to actually use this equipment.
0: We are legit the first people (laughs) to use this equipment. Maybe, um, maybe nationwide. Maybe worldwide. We'll see. But for sure, here in this location.
1: You're an innovator.
0: Yes, very innovative. Okay, so Erica, let's jump right in here. Okay, tell us about yourself. Give us a little, you know, rundown. Um, Go. (laughs) All
1: right, who I am, what I do. My name is Erica Bryant. Um, I started Piece of Cake Marketing last fall. It's been almost a year. Um, I've had my own company for many years um, doing marketing consulting work. And I work with some of the bigger brands in the world, Amazon, AT&T, Dr. Pepper Snapple Group, um, some of the bigger brands. And then um, where I find my heart really... um, is in the smaller business space. So um, a lot of the solopreneurs or startups or smaller businesses under, uh, you'd call it 10 million revenue, Um, mostly because I really like working directly with a business owner to help them with their marketing and help them innovate and help them uh, specifically. And usually when you get over that threshold, you've got a full marketing department and lots more to work with. So that's my space, Um, originally from Atlanta. Okay, raised there, but born in Houston, so I'm a native Texan. That's important. that is important. That's super important
0: very important. um
1: so yeah, I started my career in Atlanta and then um mostly in consulting, worked on the brand side, worked on the agency side, and have had my own company for a while.
0: Very cool, very cool and i've I've come to realize you're using a rather innovative mechanism, ooh innovative framework. That I think the world should know more about.
1: Right. What,
0: why don't you tell us about that?
1: Uh, I think you're talking about the story brand framework. That is correct. Um, so last fall, I stumbled on this book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, he was a writer, first and foremost. He had he wrote Blue Like Jazz, which is kind of a... Most, most people know what that book is. Um, but he wrote a series of memoirs and studied story. And in that, he found that uh, there was sort of this um, framework that sort of came out of it where story was just told from generations, um, hundreds, um, I don't know, thousands of years. I don't know how how, uh, far back he goes. But um, the framework for story was all the same. So there's a character who has a problem who meets a guide and... Um, that guide uh, gives them a plan and, and helps them either get what they want or help them avoid failure, things like that. So um, this particular framework came out of him studying story, and he applied it to marketing. And what's great is this framework really um, it works with so many businesses because w- the, the shift that people are making is you're making your... Uh, customer the hero instead of playing the hero yourself so you are a guide and hero story and if you play the hero in your brand or you play the hero in your company and you just say look at me look at me and look what I've done and look what I can do and all these things nobody's really interested in your story but when you start talking about their story people get interested really quickly and you can captivate their um, attention and you can sell what problems you solve to them
0: you know, when I first heard Donald Miller talk about the story brand story brand framework, I thought it was genius. It was on the entree leadership podcast. I've probably heard it a dozen times. I should know what number it is and what <laughs> date and all that by now. But it really that that seven stage framework he lays out what you just walked us through is incredible because I start watching movies and reading books in a much different way. And he's pretty spot on, on the framework and kind of the, the, the journey that the, the protagonist goes on and the guide coming in to help him. And I know he mentions, um, star Wars as the Mm -hmm. perfect example and Luke Skywalker meeting Obi-Wan. And I mean, it's just, it's incredible. So, um, now, I do want to hear more about that as we go forth here and kind of how you've been applying it to your company, your clients, et cetera. But let's talk a bit more about Dallas. If you so will. Fun what fact, brought you fact, you yeah.
1: didn't know this when you asked me to come here today. Oh gosh. You ready? No. 10 years ago, Sunday, I moved to Dallas. Wow. Isn't congratulations ten,
0: 10 year anniversary <laughs> 10 years
1: ago so um i had kind of gotten to a point in my career in atlanta where i could either um you know move to a different place in atlanta and, and start uh, over or i could move to a different city and so um i kind of just did the little bullseye on the map and then boom you always end up in texas mm-hmm. um I mean, that's partly true, and part of it is um, I, I was choosing between Dallas, Nash, I'm sorry, Dallas, Charlotte, and Orlando. If I wanted to go to Charlotte, I'd mostly be in banking. If I wanted to go, go to Orlando, I'd mostly be in entertainment, and those are the industries that are kind of the bigger pillars for those cities. And when I did research on Dallas, a lot came up. Um, Dallas is a hub for almost, you could find almost any industry industry, and go deep with any industry and fortune 10 fortune 500 startups you can just really find the gamut here and that's really unique to this city not even atlanta i mean atlanta has a couple of big you know coca-cola and turner Mm -hmm. and cox and things like that but they don't have you know nearly the breadth or the depth that we have here
0: yeah and i bring it up i mean there's a reason why this show is called dallas-based innovators you know i I love Dallas. My heart is in Dallas. I grew up in Houston. Uh, part of my heart is still in Houston as well. But you know, there's something um, amazing about Dallas. And as we go forth in any future episodes, I really want to hit on you know what makes Dallas unique, what makes Dallas so special and such a great place for innovation to happen, whether it's in the startup community, you know, the mid-market community, the Fortune 500 community. Yeah, there's a lot going on here in Dallas, and so I really want to hone in on that as we, as we move forth on, on all these podcasts. You know, it'll probably be a, a rather big theme in our conversations, but um, perhaps we should talk a little bit about how we met.
1: Yeah. How
0: did we meet?
1: So um, I have a good friend, Megan, who yes. is uh, the leader of a recruiting office here in Dallas, um, and she came up to me and said, oh my gosh, you need to meet Andrew. He's here. He's looking for a marketer, and I really want you to meet him. So
0: shout out to Proven <coughs> Recruiting. Yes,
1: Proven. great
0: company. Megan's doing great things at that place. They're they're growing by a lot. I they mean, are. I remember being next to their office um, in WeWork, and they had just opened up here in Dallas, and they've just grown by leaps and bounds. It's they incredible. have
1: moved, I think, twice within yeah. WeWork since then, which I think that was what yeah. two years ago. It's something? like they
0: double in size every month or something. It's <laughs> they work hard over there. They do. It's a great company. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned some, you know, the work you're doing, serving your clients. Let's get into that a bit. What are some of the big challenges your clients are facing today? What are you doing to solve those? Just kind of open up the curtain a little bit. What, what's going on in your world these days?
1: So most smaller businesses, most entrepreneurs come to me and they say, I have. There is too much information out there. There are too many ways that the marketing, <clears throat> uh, marketing platforms, marketing systems, all these things have innovated to kind of make my life easier. But in that innovation, I'm finding it to be much more difficult to actually make a choice. So it's this sort of like paradox of choice, analysis paralysis of. Where do I go? What do I do? Which one of these things is going to be the most impactful for my business? How do I work it? How do I fit it in with my strategy? Um, generally, it's like I'm not sure where to go, and I just need a guide to get me there. Um, to help solve that problem, um, I help people. One, I'm a super opinionated individual, so yes. <laughs> if you don't know, um, oh, I know. Sometimes just just talking to somebody who has an opinion and who will make a stake in the ground and say, this is the program you need to use. Stop Incredibly wasting your valuable. time I
0: agree.
1: <clears throat> in evaluating all these different systems and you know all the different functionality of them. Um, a lot of people just wanna plan. Uh, they wanna plan in place and just kind of, you know, how am I going to grow, or how am I going to release a new product, or what am I gonna do to attract new customers or get existing customers to keep buying from me? And they want to get clear on that. So I help them get clear on that. A lot of people are looking for education. Um, You know, again, going back to the making a a stake in the ground, saying this is the program you should use, this is the thing that you should do, Um, and educating them on that. Um, So since I've been a marketer for about 15 years, I've seen it all and done it all. And to, you know, keep up with the trends in marketing, it's a quick five-minute read every day. Versus somebody whose specialty is somewhere else and they now have to market a company. They've got 15 years to mm-hmm. to kind of catch up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and lastly, um, I help them get clear on what it is they need to say to people about those plans and about that vision and about those products that they want to uh, innovate on.
0: Gotcha. So... In addition to the story brand guide and all that you do with that, what what else are you providing to your clients right now?
1: I'm actually launching a new product. Whoa. I know. It actually launches next week. Uh, it's called Vision 2020.
0: All right.
1: And a lot of people struggle with either not having a plan or they take their plan and they just sort of stamp it out year over year expecting different results, and that's not what happens. <laughs> right, right. So um, – Getting clear on what that plan looks like. Uh, So it's a product that I'm offering. Uh, It takes a couple of hours of your time. I interview you. I talk about your products, your business, where you want to go, what your goals are for not just 2020, but the next three and five years. Um, Statistically, you're more likely to carry out those plans if you have plans. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, And you're more likely to hit goals if you have them, especially if you're looking out three and five years because you sort of have a direction. Um, So that's one of the products that I'm offering yeah, as well.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine that should be pretty well received. I remember even just, I don't know, five years ago, 10 years ago, you'd hear a lot of companies putting together their 2020 vision. You know, so easy yeah. to just put together, you know, play on words a bit, but I, I imagine a lot of those plans have deviated quite a bit or perhaps have fallen well short. And so I could certainly imagine you coming out right now we're so close to 2020 and you know a service like this could certainly help
1: yeah most companies um october is the time when they start planning for the next year Mm -hmm. so they start talking about what they want to do in october they get their budget settled in november everybody sort of checks the boxes in december and they're ready to go in january um for the smaller businesses it doesn't actually get on their radar usually until january or february of next year and they start scrambling saying oh no i don't plan and um so i'm hoping by marketing this and getting it out there in front of all these business owners that they actually start thinking about their plans and what they want to do
0: yeah i'm sure it will i'm sure it'll spark some thoughts and maybe some regrets maybe they should have been moving faster who knows
1: (laughs) that's where you come in (laughs) yeah
0: i could certainly help with that okay um I want to I get a little bit behind the scenes because, full disclosure, Eric and I have been working together now for, what, six months or so? Four, five, yeah, six months? something like that. Uh, something like that. And I'm always curious, you know, how do you operate? How do you innovate? I mean, what's it like? How do you do what you do? What's your process like? Why have you kind of chosen to operate the way you do? Essentially, what works for you?
1: I love working from home. That really just makes me happy. Um, I know one of your questions later is probably going to be, um, are you a night owl? or Are you an (laughs) early morning person? Um, I am 100% a night owl. I do most of my creative writing between 10 PM and 2 AM. And that's what works for me mostly because the internet's dead. You know, Mm -hmm. my daughter's asleep, you know, it's just, it makes things easy for me. Um, So that's one of the quirks that I have um, in peeling back the curtain. And and when I do things, if you were to ask me to come up with something clever or clear or some marketing messaging during the day, I usually fall short. Uh, But somehow during the middle of the night, I can just crank out something amazing. And it's usually really good the next day when I read it. I am always reading always um, learning and implementing. And my marketing strategy overall is test and optimize. So I know a lot of marketers will come to small businesses and say, "Um, I want to stamp this plan onto your business and see if it works. And it's going to work. And they make all these guarantees. And the way that I operate is I know that a piece of it's going to fail. And we're okay with that because we're going to take those learnings from that piece of it and apply it to the next thing. So this test and optimize, like, let's say we're doing some ads. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't just create five ads. I'd create 20 ads. And I know that 15 of them are going to fail and they're going to bomb. And we're not going to know why because we're making educated guess about your audience. But I know that the top five are going to win, and there's going to be one or two that's just the rock star out of the group, and the next month or the next time we're iterating on those ads, we're going to copy some things from that rock star ad, and it's going to work for the next you know go round. Um, and so this sort of approach has really, it's great because you're always learning. You're always uh, every audience is different. Um, if I were to come into your business and say that I knew your audience better than you, I'd be lying. Um, and so it's to pull that that knowledge out and to be able to iterate on that is is key to success.
0: Yeah, I like that. the The test and optimize strategy, I think a lot of I see a lot of um, entrepreneurs, leaders, you know they they don't. I think when when I view innovation, there's a lot of experimentation, mm-hmm. a lot of learning as you go. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I I, I oftentimes think leaders ditch ideas, ditch concepts really too quickly Mm. because maybe they've lost the patience. They lost sight of why they were doing it in the first place. And so I'm with you. I think if if more people took that experimental approach and viewed the optimized stage as potentially... I, I view it as a lot of fun. So if they viewed it as being more fun, more impactful than just walking away from it, I think you'd see a lot of uh, projects being executed in a better fashion.
1: Yeah, if we look at kind of what we've done with you in the last six months is, you know, when we first started talking, you said, hey, I want to, you know, become known as the AI guy. And that's kind of where I want to play. And so, you know, we started on the path of that sort of messaging. And then, you know, recently we've launched some new products that, play to that ai but now you're you're known in that in your circles as the ai guy so we've achieved that goal and now we're able to tack on new goals with information that we've learned over the last six months
0: that's right and there's more to come on that by the (laughs) way more to come
1: i didn't want to give away your secrets
0: thank you for not doing that Still a lot being figured out here on the fly. No, but okay. Um, I appreciate you sharing all these insights, Erica. What I want to kind of get a better sense for is, you know, it's it likely has not been just a straight line journey where you've started <laughs> from the ever? bottom. Now you're here. <laughs> yeah, if I can quote Drake. So, you know, what do you wish you had known when you started your career?
1: <sighs> Everything. Everything, everything. Um, you know, I think the frameworks that exist today. So there's three main frameworks that I use in my business. Oh, nice. And Storybrand is one of them. Mm-hmm. But if those frameworks had existed fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. oh man, I think I'd be a multi billionaire.
0: Wow. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> Bring Working me on along it. for that ride, please. <laughs>
1: working on it. But uh, no, so the, the, um, I think I would have wanted, uh, those frameworks, but you know, one of the cool things about how I do my business and how I innovate is I have a consulting background. So my first job, I was the youngest person to ever be hired at North Highland, which is a consulting company that's based in Atlanta. Um, I started in the reception desk and then moved into marketing, um, a little later. And, um, because of that consulting foundation, I everything that I do is custom. And so I understand how to think through a problem and think through a custom solution for that particular problem given all of these elements to the problem, right? And so, yes, these frameworks work and they are helpful, but um, I'm really appreciative of the consultative approach that I learned very on, early on in my career um, and, and that has helped. The other thing that I think I did really well that I just, I look back and I'm like, man, I'm just so thankful for is, uh, the sense of networking. Oh yes. So most 20 year olds don't learn about networking when they are, uh, <laughs> when they are 20 years old. And so I, uh, I, gravitated towards that LinkedIn had just become a thing. And, you know, everyone was talking about it and I just jumped on board and I knew, you know, everybody in that network foundation has helped me even still today. So
0: that's do it, you thing. regret actions that you took maybe when you were less experienced on maybe certain relationships that may, if you could go back, maybe could clean those up a bit or, you know, people talk about burning bridges. Do you kind of <laughs> wish maybe you hadn't <laughs> You don't need to get into details, but it's always something in the back of my mind. I don't
1: burn bridges.
0: Great. That's good for you.
1: I just, um, you know, there are people that you gravitate towards and the people that you kind of repel, uh, because of certain choices you make in your life. And so, you know, even if there are people that I have gotten, you know, like I've, selectively and Mm -hmm. purposefully distance myself from good way to put it Um, (laughs) it doesn't mean if they were to walk in the room today that there would be any hard feelings whatsoever I fun fact about me I live with no regrets one one regret actually so that's not true one regret we don't
0: need to get into that hey you hit on networking I I think that that's certainly a regret I've had I Mm. wish I would have started sooner and taking it more um, intentionally Hmm. yeah i think mostly the focus has been placed on that for me this last two two and a half years or so Mm -hmm. and it's led to so many cool things um highly encourage anybody out there look at your network is it strong is it not strong it's not there's still time to do something about it always time okay what's influenced you
1: Oh, this is a tough question. Who infl- who's influenced, Who influenced influ- what? me? Who has influenced me? Man. How you get here? Um, I mean, since we're talking about StoryBrand, I would have to say that Donald Miller has um, certainly influenced me. Uh, so I actually, so I, re- I told you I read the book, and I actually went to Nashville and trained with the whole StoryBrand team and became what's called the StoryBrand guide. And what that means is I have... Rights to the IP, and I have the training necessary in order to take the story brand framework and implement it into my clients' businesses. Um, he is actually launching a new book next year, isn't that exciting? Um, and so he, uh, we have a retreat coming up in November, uh, and all the guides are going, and basically it is uh we're going to talk about mission statements and vision statements and then he's also coming out with this marketing made simple uh platform. So i i don't know if that's the title of the book but it's about uh making marketing simple, which piece of cake mm-hmm. marketing made oh, like simple. That. Yes. So who has influenced you Donald for sure and the Storybrand team? The the group of Storybrand guides. Let me tell you, these are some of the smartest people. I have ever known, wow. um, they just, <laughs> they're all business owners. They all take clients just like I do. And if there's one of, if there's not one of us that you connect with, there's going to be somebody else. Um, I have to give a big shout out to Jim Schwalbe.
0: Actually. Okay. I know Jim. Great guy.
1: Yeah. So he, um, he has been influential in my life and, uh, I worked for him for a couple of years and just an overall great guy. Um, so yeah, those are my, Top two that I can think of off the top great. of my head. Yeah, those head. are great. Those are great ones.
0: <laughs> okay, how about uh, learning? Okay, innovators, we're constantly learning.
1: All right, I got I, I got something for you.
0: What are you learning right now?
1: So I'm reading a book called The Marketing Rebellion. Mm, okay. And it goes through these, um, I guess this is, we're now in what's called, what this, this guy's calling the fourth rebellion. And uh, if you think about it, the... Um, consumers have really driven what we as advertisers or marketers or business owners have done. For instance, you know, you've got the madman era where they, um, you know, put something on a billboard or they had, you know, an ad that came out in a magazine and everybody went in the hoopla and then they sold product. Mm-hmm. Um Then it shifted into, you know, uh, ads on TV. But consumers really kind of rebelled against those ads. And so um, things like TiVo came out. And certainly, you know, with the more recent inventions of Netflix and other ways to have commercial-less TV, um, you can kind of see customers really pushing advertising in that way. Mm -hmm. So those are like... I can't remember what the first and second rebellion is, but that was the third rebellion. So consumers really are controlling the ad experience that they have. And so uh, this book goes through um, this fourth rebellion. And basically he goes on to this story that says, um, Ivory Soap. They've spent okay. millions of dollars on advertising in the last hundred years. They've had anywhere up to, you know, I don't know, 90% market share. I'm just making up a number, right, but yeah, they've had incredible market share. You could walk into any house in the, in the United soap. States of America in the seventies and they'd have a bar of ivory soap. Mm-hmm. So this guy walks into this woman's house and goes to look at her soap in her bathroom and it's this, you know, handcrafted from the farmer's market down the street, you know, lavender and burlap or whatever it is. And he starts asking her questions about it. Like, why do you have this soap? And she's like, oh my gosh, let me tell you. Uh, I know the owners, I go to this farmer's market. You know what I paid, you know, she paid $11 for this bar of soap where the ivory soap is only like two ninety-nine or something like that for a pack of four of them. So she's paying exponential for this, but it's because she has a connection to the hands that made it. Hmm. And so she you know we're starting to see this rebellion of big like big corporations and being really far removed from the creation process and the uh, all these different things that uh, are kind of hidden from the consumer to you know consumers really want local, homegrown. I want to know who's making this. You know, they're, they're not buying the, the cheese down the street. You know, they're they're not buying cheese from the store, from the dairy that's 500 miles away. They're buying it from down the street. So, um, that's what I'm learning about right now.
0: That's fascinating. fascinating. It really is.
1: So the moral of that is the most human company wins.
0: Whoa.
1: So when you look at your marketing plans and you look at the things that you're doing, if you don't have that human touch, you're not going to be around in the next X years.
0: I believe in that. I think, so oftentimes when I I talk about customers, customer experience, um, I I not only think about the the people that are out there buying the products and services, but even the employees, how well Uh are they being served? And so... Thinking about that human experience, you know, I think that even extends back to the the employee side of things. Feeling yeah. heard, feeling a part of a of a movement, feeling a part of something important. Um, all that really translates. Not just, you know, it, it's such a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. Essentially, um, that human element. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, let's let's move into the lightning round.
1: All right, I'm ready.
0: Okay. These are going to be fast action questions. No, I'm kidding a little bit. Okay, but the lightning round. Let's get. I want to know a little bit more about you um, as an as a person, the human element. Yes. So, what's what's your coffee of choice? Green tea. Okay, that <laughs> wasn't the question. Erica. <laughs> All right, I am a basic Green vanilla tea. latte girl. Okay.
1: But I order it a little different and they always forget the vanilla, so I've had to like change my order. Interesting. So, I I get a vanilla latte non-fat no foam. Mm. But if, if I say the non-fat no foam before the vanilla, they forget the vanilla. Okay. It's weird.
0: Very vanilla. weird. <laughs> Green tea, good to know. <laughs> Green tea? What's yeah. your adult drink of choice?
1: Red wine. Okay. I am a wino.
0: And how much wine do you drink, let's say, per week?
1: Copious amounts of <laughs> oh, red okay. wine. No, um, I, you know, actually, I'm a big fan of Texas red wines. So really? we've got a lot of great varietals here. There's Aglianico, that's a new one. Everyone that's a Malbec fan, go try some Aglianico. It's A-G-L-I, and then whatever, okay. Aglianico. Um, yeah, yeah that, it's just so good. But we have, like, some stuff. Tempranillos and Sangiovese's here. Like really big, really bold red wine.
0: I might need to it's give them jam. another try here. Yeah, I've, I've kind of, mm. I've gotten really into bourbons recently, so I may need to make my way back to the mm. wines. All oh, right. Okay. Um, you mentioned um, the marketing, Marketers' Rebellion.
1: Mm-hmm, marketing Rebellion.
0: Marketing mm-hmm. Rebellion, great book. What are you listening to in terms of podcasts right now?
1: Um, you know what's crazy is I listen to the StoryBrand podcast a lot, and That's he has pricey. some great people on there, and it's always informational. Um for funsies, uh, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Mm. You know? um, I actually just listened to uh, over my Dead body, the second season is called Joe Exotic. Crazy, man, So crazy.
0: I'm gonna have to check that one out. I know you. <laughs> You did mention earlier that you love the murder mysteries.
1: I do. I'm so fascinated. I wanna know why they did it. I wanna know what they were thinking.
0: But what, they need to be nonfiction or fiction? You don't care.
1: So what's what's weird about it is I like, don't watch horror films or scary movies because like I feel like that could actually happen to me. But if somebody is like caught and they're in jail and everything's over and there's no threat to my life, I can watch that all day. Unsolved mysteries, not on my list.
0: Did you see the that Ted Bundy movie on Netflix? I Did man, that shook me to my core. Yes, yes, that wow, was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I for like two weeks I was nervous <laughs> about. Just did you listen my to Ted Bundy tapes? That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, Okay, because yeah. there's two of them. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's okay. right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Zach, I haven't watched the Zach Efron movie. Okay, I'm yeah. talking about the the, the tapes. tapes. Oh, oh man,
1: yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. Yeah,
0: I can't even talk about it right now anymore. Anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, are you morning person or night person?
1: Night owl.
0: Night owl. Yeah, and what do you find? You just you mentioned earlier you love to work late at night, right? I
1: do. Mm-hmm.
0: How does that How does that work with everybody else's schedule? How do you handle that?
1: I don't schedule meetings before ten a.m.
0: Okay, my, I'll notice that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, my husband takes my daughter to school every morning. All right. She's only she'll be three in November, so he takes her to daycare every morning. Right. And I do pick up, and so it works really well for me.
0: That's good. You've got your own process. Gosh, it's great. You've worked it out. That's awesome. Yeah. And are you an introvert or an extrovert? What do you think? Let's say extrovert.
1: I am total introvert. What? I know. It takes me days to recover from like huge things. Like, but wow. I can work the room, right? Like I'm, I'm excited, I'm bubbly, I'm happy. Yeah. But then I have to recover.
0: You know, I think there's a lot to be said about this question. I don't, I don't, there's, um, in a work environment, and a sales environment, and kind of putting together, let's say, change management plans, if you want to even go there, innovating, I mean, <laughs> understanding who you're dealing with is huge. Yeah. That introvert versus extrovert mm-hmm. concept just is a, is a good place to start there. Yeah. Um, okay, what do you look forward to the most each weekend?
1: Um, okay, so it's, it may sound weird to a lot of people, but I don't feel like I have a job. Like I don't feel like I work.
0: Doesn't and so weird,
1: yeah. I don't like look forward to the weekends. I look forward to each day and it and each day kind of brings its own thing. So during the week, it's client successes and hearing the numbers and, you know, hey, we sent out this email. This is the response we got. And I've got these meetings set up with these people. And look, i got four inquir- inquiries today and things like that. Um, and then, you know, on the weekends, you know, like I mentioned, I have an almost three year old and my husband and we. We go do fun things. So you might find us at a wine and beer festival. You might find us traveling or um, going on a bike ride or you know exploring. We live in McKinney, which is a small town north suburbs of DFW, and we have a really cool square and they have lots of festivals and oh like yes, this so weekend is Octoberfest. Yeah. All right, so very exciting.
0: That is exciting. I love McKinney. Yeah. Such a great town. I know, so nice. People don't know this, but I actually um, spent most of my elementary school days living in McKinney.
1: Crazy. Yeah,
0: got my haircuts there downtown at the <laughs> Palace Barbershop. Shout out to the Palace.
1: Is it still there?
0: I, you know, <laughs> last time I drove by there was Better like be. the day before <laughs> my daughter was born. Oh, this okay. Was way too long ago. Yeah. I to Stop by again, All but right. it was there. It was okay. There. Okay, let's close things up. So, what's it? Yeah. Let's let's wrap things up. Cl- talking about your business. Mm-hmm. What's it like for a client to work with you? How does one get started? Yeah, you know, Where do we go for that?
1: So um, it's really easy to work with me. You basically schedule a, a strategy session, and that is free, by the way. I'll do a one-hour strategy session I for like free. free. I know. Um, and then uh, we work together on a plan and... Uh, An answer to whatever marketing challenge you have, if that's your Vision 2020 plan, if that's messaging, if that's, hey, I just need somebody to give me a decision on this. Um, We'll work on that, and then you'll get great results. So just three steps, really easy. Uh, You can find me at pieceofcakemarketing.com. You can also find me, Erica Bryant, on LinkedIn. Um, So I help businesses find and keep their customers so you can uh, get back to the parts of the business that you love.
0: I love it. You know, and uh, firsthand experience here working with you, I think what I've enjoyed about working with you is your methodical approach. It's not just picking ideas out of the air. It's There's a rhyme and reason to everything that's done. There's history or research or something to back it up. And um, it, it really instills a confidence in making the decision and moving forward. And then, as you said, you're very opinionated. <laughs> and so I, uh, I so feel helps. like... <laughs> You've told me no enough Um, to know that, uh, hey, there's probably some some rhyme or reason for for that. So anyways, Erica, thank you so much for being our first guest on uh, the show. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And thank you all for listening to the inaugural show of the Louder Co. Dallas-based innovators podcast. I'm Andrew Louder signing out. That's our show for today. We hope you took away something valuable. Be sure to visit Louderco at louderco.com for more. Thank you again and stay tuned for more from Dallas-based innovators.